0: Hello everybody, this is Rob Grimwood from AcrossTheFantasyPond.com. You are listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast, and let me tell you, it's a corker.
1: You're listening to the Full 10 Yards Podcast with your host, Timothy Lambert Monk. Yes, we welcome you into another episode of the Full 10 Yards Podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. It is Tuesday the 13th of November and Week 10 is in the books. So me and my co-host Lee Wakefield are, of course, on the Tuesday podcast going to take you through the recap of all the Week 10 games, give you all the ins and outs of uh, what happened in the past week in the NFL from fantasy perspective and from NFL real-life perspective as well. But don't forget, obviously, on a Tuesday we have the Full 10 Questions and today's uh, comp- uh, contestant is Rob Grimwood from Across the Fantasy Pond. Let's hope. looking forward to putting his knowledge to the test And of course we have Jason Garrett corner We have the waivers uh, for week 11 And going to look ahead to Thursday night football as well But also give you some stinkers and stonkers uh, as well And that, that will wrap us up for Tuesday But Lee, welcome you in How was your weekend my friend?
2: Yeah, very good thanks uh, Obviously another win for the Chargers So uh, yeah, really good um, Quite a quiet weekend after the wedding Last weekend just ended up chilling out And just having a quiet one Waiting for the American football to roll around yeah, uh, the soccer leads obviously not very good. Uh, lost four one, so keep that quiet and just talk about the American football thing.
1: <laughs> I had uh, just uh, obviously uh, I had a little bet on Leeds before the start of the season for promotion. How's how's that looking? Because I don't really follow football anymore. Uh,
2: yeah, it's not bad. Um, I think we are third at the moment. Uh, we would have been, we would have gone back top if we won on Saturday night, but we like they got beat. Uh, but yeah, no, having having a good season so far. Uh, so yeah, pretty safe bet I'd say. Uh, just like your Chargers bet, I'd say.
1: Yeah. If you if you had to compare Leeds to uh, an American football an NFL team equivalent, who would they be?
2: Do you know what? Fun enough, they'd probably be the Chargers, just for, like the ups and downs.
1: And they're uh, playing white
2: and, and colors as well. Uh, so yeah, I would say i I've, I've sort of picked two sort of evenly matched teams.
1: Teams, mm. I also think that when I've, I um, used to follow Man United, um, I still do. I still watch a few Man United games, but obviously they're quite high profile. They're they're the kind of the English uh, Premier League version of uh, Dallas's uh, Dallas Cowboys, kind of America's team, aren't they?
2: Yeah, in a way, and I would say in sort of sort of when you and I were probably growing up a little bit. Obviously, Alex Ferguson being the manager, I would just compare them to maybe Belichick's Patriots mm. as well mm-hmm. in the dynasty of each a little bit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But uh, let's not this, this isn't a soccer podcast, so we shall not dwell. Uh before we get into the bulk of the show today, don't forget we have the November competition, the Larry Fitzgerald's uh, jersey which came to my door today. So I there's a I've just took a picture of it and I'll post that up when we post up the uh, podcast a bit later on after the show's finished. Um so yeah, if you want your chance to win that, head over to our Twitter page at full 10 yards. Uh, retweet the post, the pin tweet on our on our page if you like, and then just get review the podcast wherever you listen to it, wherever you're subscribed to, and send us a screenshot of that, and then you'll be in with a chance to win the Larry Fitzgerald uh, competition. Also, just a word that, of course, if you hadn't seen, our October jersey has been claimed by Rai Ry Frock. So uh, I posted that uh, today, actually, in fact, so that is winging its way over to you. So congratulations once again to you, Ryan, for for that. And say uh, if you want to win try, another chance to win one in November. Uh, Uh, It's, of course, open to everyone. Uh, A couple of bits of news to get through. Uh, Nathan Peterman has been released by the Buffalo Bills, uh, which is long, long, long overdue. Uh, I think it took Matt Barkley coming in and learning the offensive playbook uh, within one week to to realise that Nathan Peterman is not a NFL starting quarterback. So he is gone. Be interested to see if he ends up anywhere, but probably not. Uh, and finally, our favorite, our favorite, uh, one of our favorite coaches, Hugh Jackson, uh, is back with the Bengals. Uh, as his title is yet as unnamed, so send your maybe send your uh, suggestions in <laughs> into us on Twitter for for aptly named uh, titles for him within that organization. Maybe offensive coordinator loser or something. I don't know, chief loser or something. like that, I don't. Know. Any any from you, Lee? There any 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 surprise that Hugh Jackson's back at the Bengals?
2: Uh, well, obviously he's had good history there. I'm surprised he's got back
1: into the game so
2: quickly, but I guess that is sort of the most logical landing point for him. Um, I don't know, say, I don't know what the title. Maybe, maybe be uh, offensive. Uh, I know assistant loser or something like that. Like you say, uh,
1: about-
2: just on the on the Nathan Peterman story. I'm surprised that the Chargers aren't interested because he played really well for us last year.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And also, just uh, the yeah. Well, he's just just he's been awful in a Bills shirt, hasn't he? Um, yep. Yeah, Hugh Jackson, I, I suppose he's done us all a favour because you know, he, he could quite well have been a pundit or something somewhere on American shows or something uh, and been on some shows. So thankfully he stays off our TV screens.
2: Yes, definitely. I think he obviously we saw in Hard Knocks, he's not the most inspiring of personality, is he? So yeah, because he's not sort of taking over from Tony Romo or the like or Bruce Arians, obviously in the, in the telecast box.
1: No, although he'd, he'd probably come up with some gems that would be um, like freezing cold takes or something, or something, just stupid things, stupid things commentators say or something like that. He'd uh, be a bit of gold for that, but um, yeah, Hugh yeah. Jackson. Do you
2: know when um, it's sort of towards the end of the game and Romo's sort of like talking you through sort of like how it works and thought sort of the best thing to do and you can see that his mind's ticking like he's actually on the field. Hmm. Hugh Jackson would just be saying like totally the wrong thing and just sort of like saying, yeah, yeah, take a time out here. And, <laughs> <laughs> and just, Everyone at home just sort of thinking, what the hell is he talking about?
1: You know what they should do here? They should fumble the ball. That's what they should do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, end so again, before we get into the main bulk of the games, just a, good, a quick shout-out for you, Lee. Uh,
2: yeah, no, uh, just on this phone to my old man, uh, Dave Wakefield, uh, just earlier on. And yeah, just just proud to announce that we've got a new follower. He uh, doesn't really follow American football, but he said he really enjoys the podcast on his uh, on his drives at work. So yeah, I'm really proud, really happy. Thanks, Dad. Thanks
1: for that one. <laughs> thanks, Daddy Wakefield. Uh, we shall we shall get into the bulk of the week. Ten games and show. Let's start off at Detroit, Chicago.
2: Yeah, I'll kick kick us off. Uh, before we get into that, though, I just want to say a big thank you to the Chicago Bears. Uh, big, big big thanks for taking the curse of bad kickers away from the Chargers. Uh, I don't know if it helped everyone probably saw this. Uh, even if it was just a quick clip, uh, Cody Park hit the upright four times in one game, which surely makes him the most accurate inaccurate kicker in the league. Uh, but yeah, moving on to the game, um, the Bears just mauled the Lions really, which kind of makes me think of some sort of Titanic animal fight when I say that. Uh, but this one was sort of over by half time when the score was 26 to seven. Alan Robinson absolutely dominated in this one, uh, and it, uh, ably assisted by. My boy, Anthony Miller, uh, who seems to be justifying all the praise that I've heaped on him and other people heaped on him pre-draft. Uh, if you knew, you knew, and um, that sort of thing. Uh, both, both of these Bears receivers went well, a 100 yards, 133 for Allen with two touchdowns, 122 for Miller with another touchdown. And Mitchell javiski just looked really comfortable in this one, uh, making beautiful throws. He looked less frantic behind his line, which I never understand because he's got a great line in front of him, mm. but he always seems to sort of like scramble and... Just have a bit of happy feet. But he he didn't look like that on Sunday. He looked really good. And he was making plays with his legs as well. Ran uh, three times for 18 yards and a score. So it's mm. quite a nice average there. Uh, flipping over to the Lions, uh, the only bright spot was really was Kelly, Kenny Golday, who made a couple of really acrobatic catches. Really impressive him in uh, this season and in the recent weeks especially. Uh, it's up to, up to him to step up while Golden takes out of town now. He obviously got touchdown and 78 yards to boot sums up though I think it was the the game that Bears fans and Bears truthers like myself were sort of waiting for I've been able to talk about their offence and defence sort of in uh, revolving weeks really About and now this was the complete performance so they put it all together uh, as well as the offensive production that I mentioned they had six sacks, two picks two forced fumbles and just didn't allow the Lions to score until the fourth quarter when that was really sewn up um, so no better way to warm up for the massive game with the Vikings this weekend for the Bears hmm. so look forward that one uh, if I'm not sure but not really looked at the timings, but it's a six hot game. For well, the Chargers play, I'll definitely be watching that one.
1: Mm. Yeah, it makes the uh, makes the division interesting, doesn't it? Chicago improving oh. to six and three. the Vikings obviously on a bye week this week, uh, five, three and one. So yeah, it's a big, 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 big game next week. It's a soldier field, isn't it?
2: Yes, yes mm. it is, yeah. Mm. So they've obviously got the home field advantage. Mm. And obviously if they if they've win that, then they're in control. So uh They've also got a breathing room now with that win of the Lions, yeah. uh, the game ahead, and obviously it's got two games ahead. It's sort of this late stage of the season now, it would be in after week 11, it yeah. would be, be odds on for the playoffs, which yeah. would be a huge season for them after you know being in the doldrums a little bit over the last few years.
1: Yeah, and I think they also play, Chicago and Minnesota play week 17 as well, I believe, if uh, my memory serves me correctly. But uh, are, we, are we discarding the Packers out of the division?
2: No, you can never bet against Aaron Rodgers, can you? Mm.
1: Yeah, uh, final score there obviously uh, thirty four to twenty two for to Chicago there. So Chicago improved to six and three. Detroit three and six. Uh, moving over to Cincinnati hosting the, the and got absolutely curb stomped by the New Orleans Saints, improving to eight and one. Fifty one to fourteen. The final score in this one. My God, this was a this was a beat down. This one got ugly early. Mark Ingram, what uh, was his best game of the season? One hundred and four yards on the ground, fifty eight through the air, and a touchdown as well. Over twenty fantasy points there in standard scoring. But this one. This one just New Orleans when they got up didn't really look back, and uh, Cincinnati didn't really trouble them. Obviously, missing uh, AJ Green.
2: Yeah, definitely. Like you say, it was was a real beatdown. Um, this is really contenders versus pretenders at this point. Yeah. Um, Cincinnati started the season really well, but this is sort of game where the class has really shown. And even though the, the Saints struggled a little bit earlier on in the season, obviously going zero too two early, uh, they've really rolled back, and um, yeah, they've just. Just
1: showing their class, like I say. Yeah, I mean Drew Brees. Uh, I think I think it's right. Drew Brees only has thirteen completions on the whole year. Yeah,
2: no, I was gonna I was gonna come on to that. You've kind of stolen that one from me. Which, uh, <laughs> I think that we're gonna come on to later on. So yeah, we'll leave that alone. I won't really comment on that. But yeah, no, you're right. Definitely mm. playing at a really high level.
1: Yeah, just the one inception as well on the season, but yeah, this this defense obviously starting to, to step up as well, and um, you know Cincinnati are, are one of the I wouldn't I'm not gonna say one of the most potent offenses in the in, in the NFL, but obviously they're better than better than the average team. Uh, obviously missing the AJ Green, there obviously helped focus their attentions on on Joe Mixon, who was relatively quiet throughout the game, and Tyler Boyd, uh, whilst still in the end zone, New Orleans took care of business of so, you know going into the season that looked like a, a particularly tricky uh, away away day uh, in the NFL. But New Orleans now improving eight eight and one, but to most probably the best team in the NFC, if not in the NFL. Uh, what, uh, so you know they're looking for number one seed now. They need they really need the home advantage as well because uh, you know they, they get a lot of uh, home field advantage, especially in the playoffs. Uh, that place will be rocking the Mercedes Benz Dome. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, so they'll they'll see, and their, their their fixtures obviously this season towards the end of the season, they've they've got some tough fixtures. So they they can't take their foot off the gas. I think they've got Carolina twice as well. So um, yeah, they they, okay. they can't take their foot off the gas. And I, I think that's the way Drew Brees and Sean Payton like it. And they say they can go hot into the hot into the playoffs and maybe stay hot and go maybe go all the way. But certainly uh, reminiscent of of their previous Super Bowl run. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Definitely. I just realised I did them a disservice saying that they went two and. Uh, oh, and two. They've only got one loss in the season, so I'm obviously talking that my <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: okay, so that's New Orleans. It's staying in the South Atlanta at Cleveland.
2: Yeah, it's uh, obviously one that we sort of mentioned on the last uh, podcast and sent you a cheeky tweet and you sent me one right back. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> so, yeah, that's good. That yeah. was nice uh, between us on Sunday evening. Uh, but, yeah, just moving on to the game. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb uh, and mix that with Solid D, that was the three building blocks of success for this win I would say. And I would say Mayfield and Chubb are going to be part of that young core who are going to be part of many Browns wins in years to come. Uh, I would ask the question is there any team that's had a better draft than Cleveland did in two thousand eighteen? I don't think I think you'd be half pushed to find anyone if I'm honest with you. Mm. Um, Mayfield didn't go out, he didn't throw bombs or anything like that. He was just really accurate and really sensible. It's just what you expect really from Mayfield, what we showed what we showed in college. Um, Antonio Callaway was actually there receiving the did with thirty nine yards.
3: Wow. Which obviously
2: isn't important for anyone. Mm. Uh, but Mayfield hit nine different people, nine different players throughout his 17 completions. Kind of playing that point guard role, to coin a basketball reference, and uh, leaning on Nick Chubb, who had himself an absolute day with uh, 209 scrimmage yards off 23 touches. Which
1: mm-hmm. obviously, mon-
2: Monster Day, real, annou- real announced himself uh, to the NFL world and the NFL league. Mm. Uh, just made everyone sit up and take notice. Obviously, this is why they obviously made the trade for Carl Hyde, or traded him away, should I say. Obviously, they're comfortable with Chubb and uh, making him the feature back. Mm. Um, for Atlanta, they went at, re- at the races all day. Uh, the Browns really compounded that by just having the knack of coming up with a big play in the big moments. And, you know, whether that's a sack on third off fourth down, forcing a fumble, or making a goal line stand, as they did almost, but did once and almost again from the six-inch line. Uh, yeah, they just played really well. I sure Cleveland just controlled this from start to finish. Um, for Atlanta, I think their season's dead. I was sort of talking to a couple of people about this on social media. I think they're dead now. Uh, We just talked about how the Saints sort of running away with this, and Panthers obviously with a much better record than they have at the moment. Even then, obviously having a a bad loss last week. Uh, So welcome to the 2019 draft season, Falcons
3: fans.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think the Falcons are done now. They obviously needed to win that one and uh, play Dallas next week. So maybe hopefully they. um, they Take the foot off for gas a tiny bit to to allow Dallas to avenge their, their loss last uh, last year. But yeah, Nick Chubb, ninety two yard rushing touchdown, which is the longest uh, TD of the of the NFL so far this year, um, which obviously yeah was a what a long run. I think it was one of the one of the second longest run by a rookie. I think for a touchdown. Uh, it's also
2: a Browns um, franchise record, I think, for a long
1: run touchdown. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so yeah, but then yeah, you're not really comparing that to match you, for the Browns. But there we go. Uh, but yeah, good day for Nick Chubb owners, especially in fantasy, and obviously a good day for Nick Chubb uh, as well. Yeah, a couple. Of, I had a couple of notes on the on this one. Obviously, uh, Julio scored another touchdown again, uh, so he continues. You know, the like London buses uh, wait for one for ages, and then you get two. Uh, but like, say Cleveland and good on in on all three full, all three phases of the game. Uh, but Baker Baker Mayfield had a really good game uh, in this one as well. Was really, was really efficient. And uh, it was, did you hear his interview about? Um, you know, He said he woke up feeling dangerous.
2: Yeah, yeah, it did. I really loved it. Yeah. I just won I think I tweeted out after I sort of quote tweeted that uh, little clip of that interview and just said, "Can the child Char- once Philip Rivers retires, can the child Char- just trade every draft pick?" I <laughs> just, like, uh, just okay, love him okay. to be on that team.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, value yeah. Uh, yeah, and just finally, uh, Michael Thomas doing Michael Thomas things, uh, bringing in all of his targets and having another fairly decent game, I suppose, for PPR purposes. Uh, let's move on to uh, probably the, one of the shocks of the weekend: uh, New England at Tennessee. New, New England getting absolutely mauled by Tennessee quite comfortably, uh, mm. 34 to 10. New England never really got going. Sonny Michelle played a little bit, but obviously uh, they was wasn't was never going to be given a full workload. obviously they're going to a buy in uh, for next week. But Tennessee improving to five and five, makes the AFC South a tiny bit interesting. Uh, but yeah, New England didn't really come out of blocks, and I just wonder if you know previous. Uh, I know even Mike Vabel wasn't a coach at New England, but obviously he was a player. Uh, but obviously uh, the Matt Patricia, uh, the Detroit Lions, obviously beat the the Patriots early in the season. Just just makes you wonder, you know, does, does it help the coaches that leave or the players that leave New England? Obviously they they know, they know what Belichick's going to do. They know what you know what Tom Brady doesn't like and what you know what they what the offense plays like and what the defense plays like. Obviously it puts them to a, a bit of a disadvantage. Yeah, no, I completely
2: agree. I was going to uh, make that point myself actually that. They've got all the trade secrets, the inside secrets, haven't they? Then they know what sort of how to attack the offense, how to attack the defense. And yeah, obviously it might be a bit of an anomaly, but it's it's too big of a coincidence to ignore. I would say.
1: Yeah, um, New England obviously still going to win the East quite easily, but Tennessee five and five now uh, in the AFC South. Uh, sorry, we- five, uh, five and four. So not five and five. Five and four, uh, just a game behind Houston. Um yeah, so obviously that, that makes the division a bit more interesting. Obviously Indianapolis winning uh beating Jacksonville, which we'll come on to next. Um but yeah, makes the, the AFC South a bit more a bit more a bit more close. So the Houston Tennessee game uh, that it comes around in a couple of weeks' time should be a good one.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Weird, weird team, Tennessee, weird division. Obviously they've come out with a few like gritty wins, then lost a few games where they have pushed have one and they've <laughs> beaten the Patriots. Hmm. Really, really odd team. Really, yet to find themselves, I think, under Mike Rabel and make a true identity for
1: themselves. Yeah, I mean, coming out of the by last two weeks of this week with New England last week against Dallas, they've actually played pretty decently. They've looked Mariota's looked a bit better, and I'd, I'd, I heard that uh, the problem was Mariota didn't n- never really wanted to question the coaches. So whenever a play call came in, Mariota was like, "Okay, yeah, that's fine. We'll just run it." But then, you know, he's not, he's, you know, all the good quarterbacks will question players or change it at the line, whereas he would just go and play it. So I think the bye week, they've kind of sorted that out and now come to a bit of an agreement and gotten a bit more rhythm and a bit more better understanding, which is always all, you know, first-year coach change, this these, this is the kind of thing, the thing that happens. So, you know, you'd think that going down the stretch, Tennessee should should improve uh, for the run a little bit. Yeah,
0: obviously,
2: I, I backed them early in the season. I think they're a really talented team on paper. <laughs> Uh, maybe you know, like you say, coming to the stretch or next year after they sort of figure things out. So obviously they're going to give Rabel time. He's obviously shown that he's got that spark. He can definitely motivate the players, and there's definitely something going there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a lost called by any stretch of the imagination, even if they miss the playoffs. So you know, it's, it depends on what they're going to build. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like you say, Mario, he's not sort of an outspoken personality. He's he's quite quietly spoken. He's not your typical sort of alpha male QB. So yeah, maybe he had a bit of had a bit of a problem questioning sort of authority. Mm. you know, trying to be a good soldier, and yeah. uh, I think there's also a problem with his, wasn't his elbow injury? Yeah, and yeah. He can yeah. feel really his fingers and he's sort of got feeling back now, so... Yeah.
1: Mr. Wet, wet, wet. Sorry? Mr. Wet, wet, wet. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah so he needs to, uh, uh, sort of once he's got that feeling back, he's probably you're having an uptick in play because of that as well. So yeah, maybe all things are just coming together at the same time.
1: Mm. Maybe he just needs to wake up feeling dangerous.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obviously,
1: it does, does some other people some good? Yeah. Uh, just, uh, just a question before we move on. Obviously, Patriots now are currently second seed, at seven and three, are on a bye next week. So it could be a joint, depending on what Pittsburgh do or Houston do next week. But I think I think now not, uh, now more than ever, the the Patriots are very much a, a fragile team away from home. Obviously, they're, they're two they're, they're, some of their losses have come away. Um, but obviously, going into the playoffs, that's going to be a huge factor going into going into seedings. Yeah, hundred
2: percent. And I do do feel like. Uh, the empire
1: is crumbling ever so slightly, don't you? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it, it, Gronk's not Gronk wasn't there, and it's a whole different ball game when he's there. Um, yeah, Josh Gordon, uh, he he's, he will help, but no no, no I, you show. Know, the New England Patriots are gonna buy next week, so I feel, I'm not I'm not worried about them whatsoever. They'll still be fine for the rest of the season. They'll come out and probably oh, yeah, you know absolutely. trounce everyone else that's that's in their way. I mean, the, I think they've got quite a few divisional games still to play, so there's guaranteed wins in there. So they're gonna get to 11-12 wins.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the the thing comes next year if Grant retires, if Brady retires, obviously Belichick's not got too long left, you would think. And those changes are starting. Yeah, those changes are. I thought I think it's going to be transitioning to you know what we all expect to be Josh McDaniels taking over. Yeah. Uh, and then you know again, just sorry, just going back to the soccer again. It's, it's like when Man United lost Ferguson and obviously Moyes took over, and uh, you know it, it all went downhill from there, didn't it? It's that sort of transition from a massive. Sort of father figure almost in yeah. the as a head coach, Yeah. and then you lose that, and it's all different, and players react badly even if they don't mean
1: to. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen at some time though. So, um, you yeah, know, Patriots fans, just I um, hope you're hope you're getting ready for it already. Uh, get ready, get ready for it now because it's going to happen at some point. All good, all good things come to an end. Uh, let's move on. AFC South battle as we said, Jacksonville at Indianapolis. Uh, Indy winning this by three.
2: Yeah, uh Come yeah, one by three, just as just on the line, wasn't it? Mm. Uh so the, the bookies has got that line just correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, battle. Uh obviously this is the sort of underperformers versus the overachievers. And uh yeah, the, the overachievers came out on top, um, absolutely dominated the first half index. Uh pretty much sewn the game up by half time. Uh Andrew Luck was hitting tight end left, right and centre. Eric Ebron being the main beneficiary of that with three touchdowns. And that means the Paul Lion has now got 10 scores in his debut season, which obviously hasn't finished yet, in Indianapolis, having scored 11 touchdowns in three years in Detroit. The Lions fans must be cursing, sort of him and sort of that sort of outcome of that uh, deal and how they sort of let him go. And uh, Indy must be again just on the flip side of that praising sort of the pickup uh, for him and how they've used him because they've obviously just a, a nice fit that they've got going on. The Jags are oh, just moving back to the game. The Jags did come back in the second half and made a game of it, pulling within a score, um, pulling, sorry, pulling within three, sorry, after a score. Um, and, you know, it, it, it did come down to the final drive and it was really exciting finish after sort of thinking that Indianapolis has sort of it up at halftime and uh, you think the Jags have sort of blown it and blown their season. But Westbrook uh, fumbled on a catch and run just outside the red zone, just as they were about to sort of at least tie it up for uh, the, you know, yeah. time. Yeah. And that you know, that could be uh Jacksonville season sort of encapsulated in just that series of play really. Yeah. You know, plenty of promise but ultimately let down. Uh, and that, for that reason, just like the Falcons, I'm burying the Jags for this season and welcoming them to the nineteen draft season as well. I just want to flip back over to um, Indy though, just really quickly. And uh, the biggest improvement for them is the defensive line. Uh, Quentin Nelson's out there absolutely burying people in Monday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you seen that video of him uh, absolutely screaming towards that monster block that he put in.
1: Yeah, yeah. that
2: was fantastic. If anyone I'll I'll tweet that out at the end of the podcast. If anyone's not seen they need to see that it's brilliant.
3: You just do.
2: And it's not just in the run game, it's what Andrew Luck has barely been sacked all all year. I think Nelson's gone four games now without giving up a sack just as a microcosm of the sort of Proof of
3: that. Mm.
2: Are you keeping him healthy? And healthy Andrew Lurkey is just equal equaling success for Indianapolis. I think they're definitely on an upward trend. I think they're one to watch next season, just with a, an eye on
1: 2019. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Quentin Nelson, he just looks like he just enjoys hurting people and eating their soul, eating their souls, doesn't
2: he? Did you, did you hear that thing that he said um, at the Combine? Someone said, a reporter, whoever I can't remember, uh, sort of said, so what, what motivates you? And he just said... Like, with a really dead pan look, he just said, going out on the football field and just making the other guy quit. Yeah,
1: yeah. Rub, <laughs> rubbing rubbing their up. face in the dirt. But what, what,
2: a, yeah, what a player, what mm. a guy. Yeah, really, really enjoying watching him. Uh, I watched, I watch the second half of that game? No, it was the first half, and then I flipped over to Cleveland versus Atlanta the second mm. half. Mm. Uh, but yeah, really enjoyed. Really enjoyed watching him, watching that offensive line, watching Andrew look healthy again, which is great for the league. Obviously, not, not a Colts fan by any means, but uh, it's just good to see good players play.
1: Yeah, and like I say, you have the uh, the big the big take, uh, point for me from this game is um, yeah, Andrew Luck's uh, not had any sacks uh, for four games, so maybe uh, when when Christmas comes around, he he'll, he'll maybe he'll get a sack for Christmas. <laughs> But uh, yeah, talking of Christmas, uh, David Johnson owners can rejoice. Arizona, at K- uh, Kansas City now, K- Kansas City obviously well still won quite comfortably, improved to nine and one. But David Johnson had a bit of a coming out party in this one. And like I said uh, in last week's podcast, you know Byron Leftwich, the offensive coordinator, I think he's interim still, isn't he? Uh, it was uh, making a making a habit of getting him the ball. Uh, I think he had like 20 touches or something silly in this game. Let me just get his, his, his stats up. But um, yeah, I mean, what a game for him. It was a great matchup. Kansas City against the run can't really do much. So, yeah, he had, uh, what we have got here? 98 yards on the ground and a touchdown. 85 yards uh, through the air on 21 carries and 7 catches. 28 touches he had in that game. Yeah,
2: that's a big, big amount, isn't it? It's probably what uh, sort of you as a fantasy owner of Johnson and Arizona fans uh, would have wanted, sort of put the ball in the hands of your best players. And obviously, there's not a lot of pass-catching talent on that squad. So, you know, you might as well try and the,
1: the best player like I say yeah and the thing was I, I actually quite enjoyed uh, this game Arizona kept it close for quite a while uh, in this game yeah. and if it wasn't you know they, they, I think they were only seven points down going into the fourth quarter and uh, interception towards the end nearly made uh, our, for, our forfeit go the other way obviously you're going to take that one um, but yeah, just winning obviously by the 12th but yeah I was, my heart was in my mouth a little bit because I was thinking oh they're down by 12 it's fine they're driving uh, and then they got you know quite far down the field and then the inception interception nearly p- picked off and, and brought all the way my uh, I'd have been so uh, inconsolable if that would have happened but uh, nonetheless that's uh, that's that's another one for you so that's 2 unto to you um, yeah. yeah so yeah that, I mean not not really too much to, to take away from this game it, what happens we, we kind of expected all to happen uh, obviously now Kansas City can look ahead to Mexico City uh, against the Rams, and um, obviously a lot to play for. That number one seed, obviously with the Patriots losing, pretty much sewn up now.
2: Yeah, it could be. Obviously, there's a few weeks to go yet, yeah. and like yeah. you said earlier, the Patriots have got um, their divisional rivals to come up. Which, like you say, they're by far the best team in that division. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, guaranteed win there, like you said earlier. Mm. But yeah, no, it's interesting. Definitely, um, one hand on the on the the uh, first seed, I would say. My biggest takeaway from this is um, how did they play this game? Yes, yeah. with, with the with the kids, like they were both playing red and white. It's like it must have been so difficult. Surely the Cardinals could have played in their black jerseys or something like that. It was so difficult to watch. I had to flick over to it just to like watch it, for yeah. a just I can just see how difficult it was. It must have been really difficult with the the pace and the speed that the players are moving at. I don't know how it was done to be honest.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it was it was a bit of a weird one actually. I, I didn't really think of it when I was watching it, but yeah, when you come to mention it now, yeah, it was it was a bit weird. Um, yeah, just go go back at uh, Kansas City's schedule towards the end of the season now, so LA next week, and then they're week 12 by, and then they're at Oakland, home to Baltimore, home to the Chargers, and at Seattle. I mean, it's not not a gimme schedule, but Oakland, obviously, are going to take care of. Baltimore should be fine, because their defence hasn't been as good as it has been the start of the season. And then, obviously, a big, uh, big divisional matchup with the Chargers, and uh, at Seattle's never easy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it,
2: it's one of those things where, yeah, you look at it, and you, you can probably see wins... For all those games, because they've had the, the, we've got the hoodoo with them, uh, they're nine nine straight over us, yeah, uh, and counting. Uh, but you can also see a loss in each of those games, because yeah. obviously, well, maybe we've had in the Oakland game, obviously, but Baltimore could do it. We could beat them. Seahawks the could beat them because they're, they're chippy and they hang around. So yeah, no, it's it's tough. It's not a, it's not a gimme schedule by any means, like I say. Yeah,
1: And I think they close out with Oakland as well. I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, they they should uh, in prime position now for for a number one seed. So just it remains to be seen whether or not they hit a hiccup or maybe the bye might do something to them. Obviously, they keep on rolling. And, and Patrick Patrick Mahomes actually had a bit of a quiet game in it's one two hundred under two hundred fifty yards passing. So the Arizona defense has, again stepped up a little bit and they're 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 quite a bit of an underrated unit if you're uh, looking for to stream uh, defenses going on into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a bit
2: of a surprise, really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Okay, talking of surprises, Buffalo at New York Jets.
2: Yes, you, you sort of picked up my Segway invitation then. <laughs> Nicely P- done.
1: Picked it up and delivered. Uh,
2: yeah, so yeah, where did this come from? This was a bit crazy, wasn't it? No one really expected this. Uh, Buffalo were out of sight uh, very early doors, probably after the first quarter almost. Um, I just feel like the opening two plays, uh, when they you know, the, the scoring drive they opened up on, just set it off for the Bills. It was just like they were just going out and going, do you know what, YOLO? Barker yeah. came out, just threw a bomb to a receiver who was on the practice squad a week ago. He sort of like came out and was just like, yeah, I'm just going to throw it. I'm just going to play like I'm just playing with my friends kind of thing, it seemed like. And for the first time in a long time, it just seemed like the Bills sort of were enjoying themselves. I know they were up quite early, so it's quite easy to say that. But, you know, Shady looked like he was enjoying himself. He was running hard. He was pulling out spin moves. They, they ran a fake pump, which they got away with, with um, ex-quarterback Logan Thomas. And, yeah, it just looked like they just had, like, a bit of, I don't know, a bit of verve about them, I feel, which has sort of been lacking in the, the, the well, since the start of the season, I would say, which has obviously been a train wreck. It was nice for them. it's nice for the fans to sort of have a day, uh, and the players as well, and the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. But for the Jets, I mean, well, where, where do you really go from here? Um, Todd Bowles' seat must be getting uncomfortably hot. I would say. And maybe despite these turnover issues, it's better than the devil you know with Sam Darnold. Obviously, Josh McCann not having a great day at all. Uh, This was a big setback for the Jets, I would say. Um, No one expected this. What the we just sort of knocked it off as a a Jets win? Everyone had the Jets win, I would say, quite comfortably. Mm. Um, And everyone's sort of got that mental sort of theoretical hierarchy in their mind. And obviously, with that in mind, the Jets are obviously quite high or higher than the Bills, quite a lot higher than the Bills in everyone's mind. But now that the Bills have taken this, they're both three win teams. So it just shows that the Jets sort of maybe a bit overestimated, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this was very much the Matt Barkley show, wasn't it? And uh, offensive lineman uh, got, a, got a touchdown in this one as well. So shout out to him. Obviously, it's always good to see an offensive lineman get a touchdown. But yeah, the Buffalo Bills going into this game only had 96 points, which was the fewest uh, three-week line since 2009. And then they go and put up 41. So that's yeah, a bit weird. Wait, that, so that
2: was an offensive lineman?
1: I thought it was Kelvin Benjamin. No, no offensive lineman. Uh, no, No, not the first play.
2: No, I'm joking.
1: I'm oh, <laughs> yeah, very good. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick that one up. Very good, very good.
2: Uh, you let down.
1: Yeah, let I did, down. I did, I did see a good tweet actually saying no, the the Bills head into their buy, their bye week, which uh, Kelvin Benjamin calls a normal working week.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, that very was cool. quite funny. But yeah, that's no, very good. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. But uh, yeah, must do better. Um, yeah, but yeah, Matt Barkley show. Um, but yeah, these two teams, they're going to be top top five, probably top five pick. Uh, in the draft next year,
2: yeah, I would say so. I'd say these uh, these two, Oakland, the Giants, they're all buying for that top spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they would be my top, well, top four.
1: Okay, moving on to another team that could be vying for a top five draft pick in 2019, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who lost to the Washington Redskins. And some absolutely crazy stats coming out of this one. Uh, first time ever that a team have had over 450 or 425 offensive yards uh, and only scored and scored three points or less. Um, Tampa Bay had four drives that reached in, in field goal range, and you had two, two turnovers and downs, one fumble and one field goal. So... Quite quite an astonishing turn of events there for Tampa Bay. Ryan magic, and uh, the magic has surely all sizzled out now. Uh, but again, Washington defence uh, coming out on top in this one, getting Washington the win.
2: Yeah, since, since this was your game, I, I, and I generally only really pay attention to your games if they are really good. And I think, oh, I better watch that. Seeing the score, I didn't really pay attention to this one, so I thought oh, that must be a really bad game. And then I heard these stats, like you just said, and I just thought, how on earth does that even <laughs> happen? No. How does the professional team even get that many yards and just not score? Mm.
3: It's crazy. I'm glad I didn't
1: watch any of it. It must have been tearing your hair out. Well, yeah, I mean, Josh Norman had a really nice interception. That was quite an athletic catch. That was uh, pretty nice. Um, and it was quite nice to watch uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> go over the line of scrimmage and throw a forward pass. I mean, I don't know what Harry's doing, but um, yeah, there was another time as well where he, he threw a pass, a illegal forward pass, and then tried to throw a block 10 yards downfield and just missed the guy completely. So, yeah, it's a box, box of everything when you box chocolates with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick in this game. But, uh, yeah, I think the, obviously the overlying statistic and the, the storyline to come out of this one is just the Washington defence are actually really good and are, are going to keep Washington in many games and limit to the opponents to under 20, which is, considering the state of this offence, uh, is what is perfect for him. And Alex Smith, obviously the, the perfect kind of guy to steer that ship. Mm.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> just thinking about uh, Fitzpatrick, and you know you're saying about these dumb things that he's done and you just think if mine's a Harvard educated dude <laughs> how'd he do this yeah how'd he, how'd he you know, making these bone headed plates but yeah it's just quite funny I think and then you flip over to the other side you think Alex Smith you think Alex Smith went to Harvard
1: did he no you, you would you would think oh like, yeah no, you, that's you that's would yeah like, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I like the way he is, he's sort of like very sort of game manager. He's sort of like a CEO, isn't he? like quite corporate. Yeah, and yeah. he was he was sort of Harvard guy rather than Fitzpatrick, who's got got a bit of personality about him, sort mm. of quite wild in what he does on the field.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. There's also obviously a massive, massive win for Washington. They were underdogs by three points, I think, from the bookies. But that two two games clear now in the NFC East, and I think they've got to play. Uh, Philadelphia twice and Dallas again, who they have the head-to-head over at the moment after their first game at FedEx Field. But essentially, nine and seven are going to win this division. So if they can just split split the Eagles' games and maybe beat the Cowboys again, uh, and I think they've, some of their other uh, games are quite are quite easy. I think they've got the Giants to play again as well. They could um, the big win are on their way to maybe to winning the di- division here. Yeah,
2: if um, if a team wins a division with a sort of a either losing record or an 8-8 eight and eight record but we're going to have to rename it the NFC Least
1: yeah oh yeah yeah definitely um, <laughs> you, you, how long did you wait to, to pull that one out I
3: was waiting for that
1: one I <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I mean Washington uh, if they get to the playoffs are definitely going to be a, a, one, a one and done team um, yeah but yeah, defense playing tough. They're they're pretty. They've been pretty good for fantasy purposes the last couple of weeks. Obviously they got transferred by Atlanta last week. Um, but the games, the two games prior to that, I think they scored over fifteen fantasy points uh, in general uh, standard scoring uh, league. So yeah, another one to maybe circle that may be going under the radar. But they get a lot of a pre- lot of penetration. Uh, to to the opposing quarterbacks. So, but Washington, yeah, again, like I say, I think their modus operandi is just going to be hard defense and just let Adrian Peterson run the ball and uh, Alex Smith dump a few passes off. But Jameson Crowder should be back in a couple of weeks as well, so that should help the uh, offense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it'd Be good to get Paul Richardson
2: back as well if he's if he's not got
1: too serious injury. That was injury, but I know he's not playing at the moment.
2: Uh, he's he's done for the season. Oh, is he? That's true. Yeah, Yeah, um, yeah. Don't need to don't need to dip into. So their practice squad, I would guess then, because their, their offensives is are just
1: not not highly powered at all. No, no, it's surprising because Jordan Reed, obviously one of the bigger letdowns of the of the season. Fancy. Oh,
2: absolutely, yeah, definitely. Um, Titans sort of been about sort of the unsung heroes this year, hasn't it? Obviously with a lot of injuries and then sort of dipping into some nice waiver pickups for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and it, the tight ends actually. I had written down. I didn't think I'd be able to pull it out, but obviously we're talking about tight ends. Only four tight ends scored over ten fantasy points in standard scoring leagues this week.
2: Wow. Yeah, it's just it's such a funny position, isn't it? Yeah. I um I play in a redraft league where you're only allowed one waiver a week. Which obviously makes it quite interesting if you've got a few people on buys and stuff like that. And I think um the, was it this week just gone or the week before? I actually thought I'll just leave my tight because I have my tight end and my kicker on the buy at the same time.
1: Right. Uh, I'll pick up a kicker instead. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, do you want to have a, have a have a have a quick guess at the four titans? Um. So obviously Eric Ebron Kittle. Yeah. No. 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 Not in that's PPR. In standard scoring.
2: Ebron surely.
1: Yeah, Ebron was yeah. Okay, but Kittle no. No.
2: Okay. Uh, yeah. Now I'm drawing a blank. <laughs>
1: uh, Zach Hurts. Okay. Uh, Austin Hooper and uh, Vance McDonald.
2: Okay, yeah, I've scored,
1: didn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, only four, so it just shows you, obviously, what a, what a wasteland. Yeah, no, not the obvious ones, is it? You know, it's
2: not Travis Kelsey, it's not Gronk. Obviously, no. he's injured, but yeah, yeah it's sort of like that second wave is it's sort of where you want to find the tight end
1: this year. Mm. If you draft it one late, then you, you're kind of winning, I guess. Yeah, Zach Ertz, it um, be interesting to see where tight ends go next year because obviously it's such a wasteland and Gronk, obviously, with health issues. Is it is it is it right to think maybe Zach Ertz and Travis Kelsey are. are Better than more safer than him, obviously. in fancy or more reliable.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not a drunk uh, drafter anyway. He goes far too early. Sometimes in like the second round.
1: Mm.
2: So he yeah, has way way too early for me with his health issues. Obviously, if he was fully healthy. If he had the sort of longevity of Travis Kelsey then you'd you'd, you'd sort of like warrant that. But yeah. just with his health issues, you just can't count on him to play ten games and round sixteen.
1: Mm. Yeah, moving on then. Uh, AFC West Chargers at Oakland.
2: Yeah, another win, another win, six in a row with the Chargers. Uh, this one was powered mainly by the defense, to be honest with you, though. Um, not a great offensive showing. Um, I, I, I think I tweeted at this twice in various ways. I just didn't rate the play calling for from our boys uh, on Sunday. Uh, the first half was just dominated by um, just the defense, like I say. Uh, the first half we had a goal line stand, um, and then John Gruden managed to run someone sort of laterally on the jet sweep. From a yard out, which we managed to snuff out, which is brilliant. And then obviously later in the uh, first half, Melvin Ingram got a force fumble on Derek Carr. Just when they were like, they were rolling as well. Mm-hmm. So sort of coming up with that big play at the big time, uh, and they backed up sort of, this with the second half where the Rangers just couldn't do anything, couldn't get anything out of us. Uh, they managed to turn it over and downs again. And Case Haywood almost had a red zone pick that would have gone for gone for six or for about 85 yards, maybe 90 yards. Yeah. Offensive wasn't great, as I said. It was it was poor play calling. We just pulled out the big plays in the big moments. Um, Tyrell Williams really stepping up, getting a few nice catches. Melvin Gordon having a, a big game, uh, really becoming that offensive centerpiece. And it kind of makes me think that uh, once we sort of move on, from Pulit Rivers when he retires, uh, it won't be too bad because it won't be asking to do you know the rookie or whoever we pick and if we sort of if we sign for a free agent. We won't be asking them to put it all on their shoulders because they probably won't be up to the standard for the rivers. Uh, and Melvin Gordon's going to be the centre of the offence. And, you know, we've got a young offensive line in place and that sort of opening up massive holes. And if they can continue to have that rapport, we're going to become that like, sort of run-first-defense-first team and we're going to be all right. And mm. it kind of makes me happy about the longevity mm. that we might show, which is good. And yeah. uh, the fact that we just don't have to mention kickers in this game, it makes it a bit sweeter as well. So, <laughs> yeah, no, good win. Uh, very happy with how things are going. Uh, next two games are very, very winnable. At home to both Denver and Arizona. Yeah. So we're going to that Pittsburgh Pittsburgh game. Sorry, uh, with a very healthy uh, nine and two schedule. Uh, nine and two records, should I say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Oh so, yeah. Six straight win for the first time since two thousand and nine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No. Since. Um, yeah. Since the good old days. The good In old days. The, sort of the the sort of the days when I was just sort of. Uh, maybe a couple of years into watching American football just starting to pick up of the charges up as my team. So uh yeah, it's nice to get back to
1: those happy times. Mm. Was, that, was that not the year two thousand nine that the Chargers come over here?
2: Um it may have been, yes. mm. yeah. Maybe two thousand eight actually. Oh, right,
1: I think okay. 2008. okay, fair enough. No, it was around that vicinity somewhere. Um
2: yeah, ten years ago, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to that game. Uh, one of my, I f put in my favourite game until Drew Brees threw a safe threw the ball behind the end zone for a safety and buggered up my uh, winning margin bet, but never mind. Um, <laughs> um what was well, that?
2: Gonna...
1: Eh? Not the you grudges or anything. No, no. Uh, give it another ten years, it might be alright. <laughs> also don't forget obviously uh Hunt Henry uh, should might might make an appearance in the postseason. Yeah, maybe. Yeah,
2: you know it's it's always been in the back of the mind, I think, of the coaching and the sort of, uh, not, yeah, the coaching staff, let's just say that. Mm. Um, because we never put him on IR. We just put him on the puck list the yeah. whole time yeah. with this earmark. So he did his injury fairly early on. It was the first week of training camp, mm. uh, first week of minicamp. So we we have plenty of time, obviously, to rehab him, getting back. He's still young, so he's still going to heal quite well. I think it was sort of clean tear. It wasn't anything messy. There was no structural damage to his knee. So I think we always have this earmarks, like, and he'd be a massive boost yeah. um, to our offense if you know if we get there, struggling a little bit on third down, not like horrendously or anything like that, but definitely in the sort of playoff season where the anti sort of opt, we would sort of struggle on third down. And he's obviously great at third down weapon to have. And Billy Rivers just has this annoying habit of trying to force it to Antonio Gates on every third down. Yeah, and it's just it just doesn't work. It's so telegraphed and. He also doesn't get the separation either vertically or you know laterally away from the defenders as he used to, and yeah, he just needs to stop. It's just something that I find really irritating as a fan. Mm. Um, and yeah, Hunter Henry would remedy he that uh, no end. I think he'd be a big boost to our playoff our playoff aspiration.
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, talking of playoff aspirations, Green Bay Packers took a step towards trying to get back into the playoff hunt. Green Bay winning this one against Miami at home, Lambeau Field, thirty-one to twelve. Green Bay now four four and one, which I think I think whilst I'm not going to say they're dead, I think they're going to find it very hard. Looking at the standings, it's going to find it very hard to, to get into the postseason. But uh, who knows? Who knows? But Aaron Jones had a really good game. This 145 yards on the ground and two touchdowns and 27 yards on the ground as well. Um, I think it was pretty much locked in that he was going to have a great day. And I've said numerous times that Miami can't defend the run. Uh, hohum. That rung true again. Miami somehow are five and five though, which still blows my mind a little bit. Um, but yeah, Miami did. not You know, essentially, all Green Bay did in this game was just let let Miami make mistakes. Green Bay didn't really do anything too much, or you know, weren't out that that potent. Uh, apart from Aaron Jones, um, Devontae Adams had a couple of nice catches. Valdez Scantlin was quite quiet from his pro- previous few weeks, but Miami, you know, just making a mistake. I think on the interception there from Brock Osweiler, uh, and a, just a very comfortable game here for for Green Bay.
2: Yeah, I'd say so. Like, like we said uh, previously, Miami's record flatters them greatly. Um, this was quite, a ne- quite an easy win from what I've seen of this game. And just moving on to the playoff uh, aspect of it, what you mentioned at the top, I don't think you can account them out, um, but they've got a lot of work to do. Uh, I think they need the South, the AFC South teams to beat each other up uh, a little bit, and for the Vikings and the Bears to beat each other up as well, and then, then to go on a big streak and sort of, go ahead of them and take one of the wildcard spots. So I think they're probably a bit too far behind to win the league, win
1: the division, sorry, not the league. Yeah, the, I mean, next couple of fixtures, at Seattle at Minnesota, quite a bit of a brutal stretch. Obviously, they're first night football as well, so quick turnaround for, for Green Bay there, and it's never easy to travel to Seattle as well. And then um, Sunday night football the week after with uh, at Minnesota.
2: Yeah, definitely. They're, they're, these are the sort of games that they've got to win. If they've got to come back from the position that they've been in and the position that they are in at the moment, those are the games that they've got off
1: look out and go there and win. Yeah, I mean, if if they went out from there, be, they'd go to, what, ten four and one uh, which I would probably get into as a, as a wild card. I would have thought that Minnesota or Chicago would probably probably take the division. Uh, but it could possibly just come down to that Minnesota game on Sunday Night Football next week, but we shall we shall see. Yeah, and
2: like I say, I think it would also require the Southern teams to beat each other for a little bit and take yeah. wins off each other.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I suppose if you ask Alan Rogers, he will just say uh, R E L A X, relax, 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 and uh, oh, yeah. all that all that mumbo jumbo. But let's uh, let's move on then to uh, the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks, of course, giving yeah, a good this, game uh, over uh, in, uh, in 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 L A.
2: Yeah, this NFC West clash, it's always was a bit chippy, and it was. Uh, but just like last week against the Chargers, the Seahawks kept it close. It came down to the final drive with the ball in Russell Wilson's hand, uh, but just like last week, the Seahawks came up. Just short, uh, it was another fun game, though, you know, full of great catches, highlight reel runs from both teams. Uh, Aaron Donald was out there doing his usual wrecking ball acts, Todd Gurley was out there scoring touchdowns, both of those things that you obviously come to expect on a weekly basis. Um, but for the Seahawks, we've come to expect, you know, in the big moments that they and Russell Wilson don't look for Doug Baldwin anymore. It's quite surprising. They actually look for well number 16. Now Ty Lockett, he's now definitely the number one. Yeah. Uh, obviously in that last drive that final drive where they were sort of driving to sort of win the game the third down where, which where they, oh, sorry the fourth down sorry, where they turned it over, the ball was going towards Lockett, not Baldwin uh, so it was sort of like that handing of the torch moment in Seattle uh, a lot of us doubted the Seattle front office when they handed Lockett and Lockett himself when they him that big uh, extension in the off season but he's grasped it with both hands, and now he's the guy on the offence and he's number one and he is going to be a sort of really, really fantasy relevant moving forward, both in dynasty and redraft. He'll be going a lot higher next year in redraft, that's for sure. For the Rams, they can start planning for the postseason. Um, they've twice on a division now, and although they probably could have said that in week one, um, yeah, they're going to be sort of the one to beat for me.
1: Yeah, again, obviously the Saints keeping uh, high on their on their coattails with the head-to-head win as well. The Saints, so the uh, the race for those two is obviously for the number one seeds to. Make sure they get home for advantage throughout the whole playoffs. But yeah, Rams Seattle always play hard. Like I said in the last podcast, I think when whenever Russell Wilson's been a seven point or underdog or more, that he's you know they've never they've they're three and zero and they've never lost by that that many a point. So they've never been never been blown out. Um, so to have a, a prior handicap line of ten points uh, for the bookies was was ridiculous to be quite frank. Yeah, no, I would
2: agree that obviously in a divisional game as well, where things are going to be closer, so things are going to be chippy. They're not going to sort of roll over. They're all playing with pride on the line as well as the game. It's never going to be that big a margin.
1: Yeah. Okay. Moving on to Sunday Night Football, and my God, someone sound the horn. Um, Dallas Cowboys beating the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. I mean, it's not a a score I expected to wake up to uh, on Monday morning, but Cowboys, uh, Ezekiel Elliott was an absolute monster on the ground. 19 carries, 151 yards, and a touchdown as well, but controlled controlled the clock a little bit, and the Eagles' um, offensive line didn't look great. They weren't great on third down. Uh, Philadelphia but the Cowboys the Cowboys controlling this one Leighton Van Der Esch is an absolute animal in that, in that linebacker position um, pure, must must be close to being one of the rookies, uh, defensive rookies of the year because he's playing out of his skin he's all over the place it reminds me of Sean Lee uh, I don't think Sean Lee was good in his first season as, as Van Der Esch is, is this season but of course Van Der Esch obviously has Sean Lee to learn from but uh, yeah Dallas putting it all together and effectively probably ending both of the uh, Cowboys and the Eagles seasons
2: yeah, definitely. No, it was really good. Uh, definitely a big shout out to Blayden Van Der Esche. He's been brilliant, hasn't he, in his first season. Uh, one to look forward to with uh, Jalen Smith uh, moving forward. Obviously, Sean Lee injured again now, isn't he? So he's probably going to uh, be sort of slowly out of the door. Maybe not straight away, but he's uh, he's sort of on the way out, isn't he? And he yeah. sort of handled those two uh, younger linebackers who are uh, really dynamic, actually, both really yeah. good. Yeah, they're really yeah, yeah. no, Cowboys deserve this one, from what I've seen. couldn't uh, control the plot, like I say. 2016 vintage win, uh, with Zeke dominating on the ground. And Dak almost threw 300 yards as well. You must have uh, <laughs> thought you were dreaming when yeah. you woke up and saw that.
1: Yeah, it's a very, very high number.
2: <laughs> yeah. Astronomical for Dak, is yeah. sure.
1: that? But I think, well, yeah. I mean, going back to last week's comments about Am- Amari Cooper, at least now with, with him in the game... The Cowboys, oh, sorry, the opposing defenses kind of have to just uh, play a bit more honest than they than they would have done obviously earlier in the earlier in the season. Amari Cooper six receptions on ten targets for seventy five yards. Went to a lot to him on third downs, and uh, obviously Cole Beasley made a couple of nice catches as well. Uh, Alan Hearns with a couple of catches, but yeah, there's. there's now they can spread it around because you know Amari Cooper's there stretching the field a little bit and he seems to be uh, catching the, catching the ball at a decent rate as well. He's not dropping balls as, as you know he's not dropping any howlers. Uh, but this uh, Cowboys offense now, it, look, just you can just see the difference when they're coached properly and they go for you know went for a fake punt uh, on fourth and two and converted and you know just kind of a YOLO kind of coaching outlook. And obviously they 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 come out and said that they looked at maybe moving on from Rod Marinelli during the bye. But the, the coaching in this game was just almost as if, you know, how everyone else coaches and just coach to win. And it just makes a whole lot of difference. Um, obviously, it helps when you've got uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, in there in the backfield, despite the a few gaps there in the offensive line for Dallas. But um, yeah, they managed to put it all together uh, and just come away with the uh, come away with the shock result there.
2: Yeah, definitely. And just on the Amari Cooper thing that you were mentioning, because he's a, a political number one wide receiver... It allows all the number two kind of wide receivers, you know, your Michael Gallup, Alan Hearns, to play that role. They're not trying to be the number one and not trying to go up against the number one corners of the other team. They can now play that supplementary role and allow Cooper to do his thing, which makes them better as a whole.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Philly side of the ball. Zach Ertz, obviously, an absolute monster game and done me, done me big time in one of my PPR fantasy leagues. I think I had like a, a forty, a 30 yard point lead and Brett Maher against uh, Zach Ertz, and Zach Ertz scored about 35 or 40 points and just absolutely ruined me. But there we go. I lost with a score of like 140 or something stupid, but never mind. Uh, Zach Ertz had 14 receptions, bloody hell. Uh, 145 yards and two touchdowns on 16 targets. So you can tell uh, where where that's that offense is going through golden Tate obviously has just joined so he you know, wasn't really expected to get too involved but they tried to get him involved in special teams and he was on the field for a little bit but um you yeah, take a couple of weeks for him to to get fully uh in, into that team there but zach actually yeah he, he's pretty much that offense uh alshon jeffrey four receptions for 48 yards as well had a bit of a quiet night and nelson Aguilar had a nice long t- uh, long pass uh reception as well which was a bit of a highlight but yeah, Cowboys coming away. Both teams now at four and five. So let's move on to final game of the week, Monday night football, San Francisco and uh, New York Giants.
3: Yeah,
2: no, it was a—it's uh, been a game between these two. In the end, after we were talking it down quite a bit, <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently this was played in really toxic air in San Francisco, yeah. the California wildfires, which must have been really unpleasant mm. uh, for the players, and must have sort of—you would have said if it wasn't a great game, it sort of would have been a contributing factor. So it was quite good that was sort of, uh, you know, still played to a high standard uh, despite those conditions. Although, yeah, it must have been really, really hellish to actually play. It must have been difficult to breathe at times obviously, playing a sort of high-intensity game. Uh, I thought Nick Mullins was quite hard done by with his two picks, both yeah. off uh, deflections. Yeah, but I the he did pretty well uh, after we sort of seen sort of what he could do, uh, you know, against a team that hasn't given up, like I was saying last week when he played the Raiders. Uh, I'd be quite encouraged if I was a Niners fan by him. Uh, maybe thinking about that like CJ Bethford that I mentioned uh, trade sorry that I mentioned last mm. week um for the Giants I feel like they just came out on top just because they've got a greater number of superior playmakers such as you know Evan Ingram obj uh, Blackley Shepard who caught the winning touchdown and uh, yeah they kept they kept like quite uh, well protected in this um that San Francisco defensive line sort of underwhelming at the moment they spent like quite a lot of draft capital on that uh, that line uh three first round picks I believe in a past two or three years. Uh, so, yeah, that's not really reaping the rewards. Mm. Uh, one person who has reaped the rewards um, is George Kittle. Once again, do, I think we mention mentioned him on a weekly basis now almost. Uh, he's just showing that he's going to be one of the best tight ends in the league in a year or so, I would say. Yeah. Uh, he's come off the boards on fantasy uh, drafts way earlier than, than uh, he has been. Uh, and Iowa, just where he came from, have got a couple of other tight ends of a draft eligible coming out this year. So, I wonder if Kittle's having a bit of an influence on their draft stock. Mm. Uh, uh, certain you know schools being sort of DBU and Pac- Pac-12 being sort of conference of quarterbacks and I was just looking at the tight end You he's doing them doing them proud at the moment and uh, yeah doing me proud as well and both of us really after we've mentioned him quite a lot and uh, yeah I think he's one of our favourite players at the moment I would say
1: yeah absolutely if you if you want to get him in dynasty it's time to get him now because his, his value is only going to rise isn't it so. Um, yeah, might might try and scour some leagues, dynasty leagues, I mean, and maybe try and get him for a bit cheaper than p- 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 probably what he's worth. But um, yeah. Okay, that pretty much wraps up week ten. Then so let's uh, let's round up week ten with uh, some stinkers and stonkers. Lee, who's your nomination for the stonker this week? So my stonker
3: is my
2: stonker is the dangerous one, uh, Baker Mayfield. Like uh, said, like we mentioned before, he uh, woke up feeling dangerous, and it definitely showed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he played like a seasoned veteran against Atlanta. we have got to remember, his career is only 10, 10 weeks old, 10 games old. Uh, uh, he's out there throwing uh, only three completions on the day, uh, 17 out of 20, yards. Quarterback rating of 151.2. And like I said earlier, this is the Baker Mayfield that we saw at Oklahoma. Very accurate accurate, and showing the ability to make the leg, uh, make plays with his legs. And just being a leader of the offense, you know, we, we see these, uh, where he's goofing around in the interviews and things like that, but, you know, inside is a serious competitor, serious leader, great uh, leader of men. Even despite you know young age, playing with players that are sort of much more experienced, and much older than him, mm. and he's not faced by it one bit. And I just really admire that. I think he's he's a fantastic player, fantastic character to have in the league. And uh, yeah, just he's my song for this week for that mm. reason. I feel a bit hard done by to not give it to Nick Chubb after you know he, he's had a monster game as well. But you know Baker, he's sort of uh, yeah I'm a bit of a fanboy of him. Mm.
1: Yeah and I thought the name coming out of your mouth, uh, from your lips was going to be Drew Brees. so <laughs> uh, uh, kind of yeah but obviously mine, uh, mine mine's going to be David Johnson obviously you said obviously in, in the game there he's just uh, Repaid the faith that anyone that didn't trade him throughout the fantasy season. Uh, I think you've got some decent matchups coming up as well uh, in the next couple of weeks as well. So if you if you have stuck with him or maybe you traded for him, uh, you should be should be well rewarded after uh, the, you know, their their buy and buy and left, which getting the getting the ball to him a lot more. I should see that should be the theme uh, in the next couple of weeks. But just a word on Drew Brees. He's obviously playing at. Uh, an MVP standard for that you know, the whole season, all the different ways they've had to win. I know it's going to be him or him or him or probably uh, Patrick Mahomes for the MVP. Who, who would you pick out of those two?
2: Yeah, Breeze would be my pick. Um, as you said earlier on, he's thrown like an obscene amount of incompletions, just unheard of. And one one pick through ten games is ridiculous. Mm. Uh, especially covered with twenty-one uh, in, uh, touchdowns, it's just like you know he's playing such efficient football. Yeah, his completion rate is seventy-seven percent, just over. Uh, whilst he's not having as many yards as he usually does in a in a sort of typical Drew Brees season, he's still got well over twenty-six hundred yards, uh, and he's throwing the football just as much. Um, you know, Sean Payton's still throwing it around. It's not like he's going to Kamara and and Ingram. Uh, so yeah, M- MVP standard uh, of play, um, you know, quite easily really. Uh, it's uh, yeah, quite a ridiculous season that he's having.
1: Yeah, just looking at the betting, I've got the betting in front of me. Patrick Mahomes is five to four. Drew Brees five to two. I'd rather have Drew Brees at five to
2: two. Yeah, definitely. I would. Um, I think obviously Patrick Mahomes obviously bursts onto the scene and it's capturing everyone's imagination. But mm. you just you just can't sort of uh, deny Drew Brees that. Uh, just like I say, just in the way that he's playing, the numbers that he's putting up, and the efficiency that he's doing it at. Mm. Um, just on that. Just what have you got? All the the whole sort of list in front of you. Yeah. What's Jared Goff? Twenty twos. 22s might be
1: worth a little bit. Yeah, potentially. It'd be interesting to see. Obviously, you now Cooper Cup's gone for the season, isn't he? Uh, didn't really mention that in the game. But, yeah, he's done with the ACL injuries he? and he's gone for He's gone for the year. But, yeah, Jared Goff, the pre- four favourite. You can get him in 22s, but he's 14s uh, and 20s generally. But, um, I mean, I, I think it'd be between Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees. I, I suppose it depends on uh, end-of-season records. But Drew Brees has never won a regular season MVP. So, I wonder if they might just uh, give it a nudge to him because of you know, the records he's broken this year.
3: Yeah,
2: that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm just talking about Goff as a sort of outsider. Mode, yeah, yeah. Uh, from, I think we've, we've, we've sort of nailed the front too. Uh, but yeah, Jared Goff, he's going to go to a quarterback. Um, I think Todd Gurley is a bit more important to the Rams, but uh, he also goes to a quarterback, isn't it? So
3: uh,
2: I think Goff would be my outsider. Mm.
1: Yeah, Todd Gurley, for those that are wondering, is just a third favourite at four to one, or you can get you can get sevens, but yeah, he's quite short for me.
2: Not going to go to a running back, though, is it? No, but no. <laughs> just the way it works. It's unjust a lot of the time. Uh, Gurley's probably the best offensive player apart from Breeze in the league at the moment and yeah. um, it's just not going to go to him because he's a running back
1: Yeah, uh, Philip Rivers just for FYI is 28-1 to 1.
2: OK, yeah he's he's having a great season but you know when you've got someone like Breeze and someone who's sort of catching everyone's imagination like the Holmes, he's probably not going to win it you no. know, we'll settle for the Super Bowl at the end of it
1: Yeah, didn't they get traded to Breeze and Rivers? No, it was... Eli oh, and Rivers, he, yeah, yeah it, as Eli uh, of course was he
2: over from from Drew Brees in, mm. in San Diego when it was
1: obviously San Diego Chargers. Mm. Yeah, I've got a random Drew Brees San Diego Chargers shirt in my uh, in my wardrobe.
2: Nice, that so, must be really old.
1: It is really old. I don't even it doesn't even look legit. To be fair, I'll send you, I'll send you a picture over.
3: <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. Um, we moved off a little bit there, but let's, uh, let's bring it back to Stinker. Who's your Stinker of the week?
2: Well, we don't get a chance to put him in in this category very often, but I'm going to go down and put Bill Belichick for my, my Stinker this week. Uh, the, I'm just taking this opportunity to just to, to knock him in there. Uh, the pupil outdid the master in this one. Um, the Patriots never held the lead uh, throughout the whole game and never really truly threatened the Titans. Uh, so yeah, I just think, like we said mentioned earlier, maybe that a little bit of anomaly, maybe that sort of little bit of outside inside knowledge. Sorry, uh, but this was pretty comfortable for for the Titans, and I just think that's a bit of a shocking result for New England. And like I said before, I think it's got bigger ram- ramifications. I think it sort of points to the the empire
1: crumbling as i put it earlier hmm. yeah talking about a lead change They you say that they never had the lead did you know that uh, washington redskins all nine games this season there's never been a lead change
2: yeah i did hear that actually one of the games that's that mental really, really really weird yeah.
1: 10 weeks and never had a lead change yeah crazy crazy stuff uh talking of crazy stuff my stinker is going to be Derek carr now i don't know if you saw the the last player of this game obviously the fourth and five there like um you know it was a screen pass to Jalen Rashard. Now, there's a couple of a couple of issues I have with it. The play call itself, um, being <sighs> you don't play a screen pass on fourth and five where you only have one read. Yeah, you should have fourth know, and five, game on the line. You should have a play called where there's a couple of reads and you're not just going to one person, limiting yourself to to one one person. And screen passes aren't great anyway. But if you go back and watch the play, um, I don't know if it's just because Derek Carr is used to you know, as soon as he gets pressure, just throws it on the floor. Um, it just looked weird, and it just looked awful. Um, but was a, there there's a lot of issues there, but Derek Carr seemingly will be on his way out from Oakland uh, at the end of this season.
2: Yeah, potentially. Uh, if not, um, if, if he doesn't pick up his play, he'll be out either next season or this this coming uh, off season.
3: Mm.
1: Oh yeah, I think he, he won't be. He won't play in Oakland next season. Do you not think? Nah, nah. I reckon he go to the Giants.
2: Oh wow! Okay,
1: interesting. Could be a good, could be a nice little cheap option there, but uh, I just think Derek Carr needs a different, different system around him and just start again, refresh, and just kind of see where he go. I think you will get him quite cheap. Uh, although saying that, John, John Gruden loves in eating, eating first round picks. Not that, not that the Giants will give up their first round pick.
2: So, are you saying that he'll be released and then sign with the Giants? Or are you saying he'll be traded? Uh, it
1: could be. It depends what the asking price is. I mean, the Giants aren't going to pay a first round pick. I don't think. Uh, although, no. yeah, would you take Derek Carr over like Justin Herbert or some some of the QBs coming through? I don't know. It's good. It's good. It's good debate to have.
2: Like I think I've mentioned this last week, the 2019 class isn't great, but no. the 2020 class and essentially the 2021 class is really good. Yeah. So if you can if you can sort of get someone cheap, that's probably the way to do it, and then sort of stink it up. Mm. Uh, it's not going to be sort of like just the number one pick that's going to be quarterback. Like it possibly, you know. If Herbert comes out, which is obviously questionable, and um, this is probably a topic for a, a sort of draft-based pod that we might do later in the season, but yeah. um, if Herbert doesn't come out, then you're sort of left with nothing and you're just sort of bridging until the, the 2019 class, which is, is, is going to be really good.
1: Yeah, Derek Carr's not really an inaccurate passer. He's a good, accurate passer. He's got an arm on him. I just think he needs to just come out of that system and, and John Gruden's system and, and just try something different. So I, I think it could work.
2: Yeah, yeah. We, we talked about that fit, isn't it? We talked about Eric Ebron fitting uh, with you know a different team. He could just do with just a move, freshen it up, and like right, say, get into a new system.
1: Okay, let's move on then to week eleven. So uh, let's start with some waivers. I've got, I've got a couple of names here. So quarterback position. Have you got any quarterbacks? No,
2: no. no. I've only got the one waiver. But um, like I've been saying, I'm really struggling with this. Okay. Uh, maybe we'll get Scott on the job. He's obviously doing a good job for us uh, with his writing, with his yeah. articles. Yeah. Uh, on the fantasy side of things, um, but no, I'm really struggling. In in terms of, I mean, I could come up with some, but in the in the interest of keeping it original, my um, one, if you want me to go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah, crack on. Uh,
2: uh, tight end Mo Ali, Ali Cox on okay. the Colts. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about how Andrew Luck was just blitzing tight ends with with balls uh, for the last game against the Jags, I think that will continue. They were running some quite interesting. Sort of formations and route combinations out of different formations, like quite heavy formations. Uh, and Ali Cox is one of those people who's quite athletic. He's an ex basketball player, so can quite easily box out smaller defenders on catches. And he's shown a uh, nose for the end zone as well in recently. he weeks, a touchdown in the last two games. And yeah, if, you, if you're if sort of scratching around, if you've got like an injured tight end or someone who you picked from waivers who we've recommended it's not going to have that well. Then you can maybe
1: try and take our advice again, and take my advice for Mo Ali Koch from the mm. Colts, and see how that works, for you? Mm. Yeah, not too bad. I've got a couple. I've got a couple of uh, couple here. Marcus Mariota, obviously, he would probably be on a lot of waivers. Um, but obviously, the Tennessee Titans have improved over the last couple of weeks, so he could be a decent pickup, uh, depending on the matchup at the running back position. Josh Adams, his uh, snap percentage, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles running back, uh, has, in, has increased week to week by quite a few. By, Ten percent, I think, ten to eight, 8 to ten percent over the last couple of weeks. So he could be worth having. Um, and a couple of the wide receiver position. Kiki Cutie's coming back from a hamstring injury. Bill O'Brien says that he should uh, should be involved next week, coming off the bye. So he could be. You know, someone might have dropped him. And then just a couple of others. John Ross, obviously, was back from injury as well. Scored a touchdown the weekend. And Josh Reynolds, who should take over from Cooper Cup there. And everyone obviously wants a piece of that LA Rams offense. Uh, but obviously, just a couple of the notes as well. Just just watch what who people are dropping. You know, people off bye. Um, and just, just, just keep a look at you know, when people pick people up. Just to see who they're dropping as well. Because uh, a week twelve, there's a couple of quite a lot of teams on by again as well. So Patriots, Buffalo Bills, Jets, and not that you're going to take any players from those last two teams. But yeah, just, always just watch who who people are dropping because um, uh, some people make some stupid decisions and you can uh, capitalize on those and steam your, steamroll your way to a championship. So let's move on, Lee, to Thursday night football. Packers at Seattle.
2: Yeah, it's going to be a good one, isn't it? Quite a mouth-watering game. Um, on the face of it, uh, obviously both teams with well, the Packers, like I say, we sort of like trying to keep their sort of season life support a little bit, and the same for the Seahawks, really. Yeah, these teams have got a little bit of history. They've uh, played in the NFC Championship before. They've had a few sort of big moments in their games against each other. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this one. It should be a good game. Um, I would, I would be a betting man. I would back Aaron Rodgers. I can't really back him back against him. I'd say the Packers are going to win this one, but I think mm-hmm. it'd be a tight game. I think it'd be a really entertaining game, uh, and yeah, I think it's going to be a really good one.
1: Yeah, I really fancy the Seahawks in this one. Seahawks three points favorites. The over/under is 49. The Green Bay Packers have a bit of a banged up secondary, so you know their back end there could be a, could be exposed by what Wilson and, and Lockett and maybe even Baldwin. But like I say, it's, it's pretty much David Moore or Ty Lockett really at the moment. Uh, but I, I Seahawks at home on a short week. I think this one is a, a wild card eliminator. The loser here, you know, will be as you say, be, be inducted into the 2019 draft season. Um, but I, I can see Seattle, you know, they, they'll take a lot. And I know they had a hard game in, in LA, but they haven't had to travel too far. Uh, but yeah, at home, Thursday night, I think I think Seattle will take this one.
2: Okay. Yeah, no, I think a fair shout, either way, to be fair. I think it's a cigarette paper kind of thing. Obviously, the, the three point favourite kind of illustrates that a little bit. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think you can go wrong if you shout this either way, to be fair.
1: No, fancy fancy a match bet on it?
2: <laughs> I knew you were going to take it or just a straight up
1: like sort of pick them. right, oh, uh, I'll give you. God, I'll give you the three.
2: Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Okay, need, yeah I'll do,
1: take every time we do a match bet, we need to do, you do a drop.
2: The...
1: Yeah, you're on. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to regret giving you a three, but um, yeah, every time we make a match bet, I need to get a drop so we can um, kind of confirm it. Um, and just, yep. uh, I, I know I told you earlier, but for all our, we're going to use the website, we'll decide, W-H-W-E-L-Decide.com, and put all our selections, all our things in there. And uh, our forfeits obviously going to be slapped around the face with uh, an object. So I've, I've currently got uh, 10 to 15 of those. So I just need a couple more and then our will will be complete. Okay um anyone out there listening that has any suggestions as to what we can whack around our faces uh, either be, you know, be a hand or a pillow or a pair of socks or you know some water or something to get get in touch with us let us know and we'll add it to the wheel because it's always fun yeah, um
2: i'm
1: looking forward to that kind of yeah <laughs> right i'm gonna go and talk to rob Greenwood and do the full 10 que- uh, full 10 questions and then we'll close out with uh, jason garrett corner okay yeah
2: sounds good and um, i've got More breaking news, but like I'll save it all after the
1: quiz. Such a teaser! I know. Right, let's let's get (laughs) let's get our quiz hats on. Okay, it's time once again for everyone's favourite NFL quiz, the full 10 questions. Today's guest and today's competitor is Rob Grimwood, of course, who's been on our podcast many times before. So we welcome him back in and we're going to put his knowledge to the test. Rob, how are you doing, my friend?
0: Good. Thank you very much, Tim, for having me on once again. It's always a pleasure speaking to you.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. How's you? How are you enjoying the NFL season this year?
0: Yes, uh, NFL season I am definitely enjoying. Fantasy season, not so
1: much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've had some brutal losses uh, in a few of my leagues, uh, but uh, but no, it's thoroughly enjoyable. I, I thoroughly enjoy sitting down on a Sunday night with a packet of M&Ms and a beer Nothing
1: yeah. beats it. No, absolutely. I'm, me myself, I'm a, I'm a NFL and uh, curry kind of guy. Nothing beats a, a curry or a, or even a roast dinner for that. For that. Well,
0: uh, see, I'm, a, I'm on Slimming World because I'm I'm a, I'm a fat bugger. You see, <laughs> um, so I have to even I've just said that I have a beer and M&M's, That doesn't help my case, does it? But uh, <laughs> but yes, no, it's um, yeah. I must admit, Sunday is my cheat night, so I might have to consider curry next week.
1: Maybe you should maybe you should get onto them and uh, get them to do some like Slimming World's. Uh, Friendly M and M's yes. and beers,
0: yeah. That's a that's a fantastic idea. Maybe your listeners as well could uh, could let you know what what they have as well. We could, uh, could get a little bit of a poll going. What's the best, the best What's the best, best NFL ever. food?
1: Yeah, the best combo. Yeah, because obviously, you, know, you you get all the cliche like hot dogs and nachos, that kind of stuff. But you know, obviously, bit, bit different over here. Uh, so maybe there's some there's some interesting ones maybe out there. So yeah, anyone anyone listening, go on to get in touch with us at Full Ten Yards or uh, at FF Baller for Rob, and let us know any any unusual combinations. I suppose they're the more interesting ones, aren't they? Um, any un, un, unusual yeah. uh, unusual combos, but. Uh, Let's get to it. M-, then. Oh, M-, and
0: M and M and beers for me. M and M and beers.
1: Yeah, it's not 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 a combo I'd have, but I'm I'm more of a roast dinner and a cup of tea kind of guy, maybe or a, a curry, not curry That's and just, tea. Just as weird.
3: good, to be yeah. honest. That's it.
1: Right. Okay. So, gonna give you a choice. Would you like uh, question set A or question set B? Uh,
0: I will go for B, please. Yeah, I had a feeling.
1: I had a feeling you would. Okay. So just obviously. Sure, so you're aware, 10 questions, uh, and so hopefully we can, uh, we can get you, the, the current lead is seven, so hopefully we can, uh, we can get above seven for you, Rob. Uh, I which... doubt it,
0: but they'll try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: we'll, uh, we'll, give it a, we'll give it a shot, eh? Best of luck let's to go. you.
0: Let's go, let's do this.
1: Let's go, okay, question one. Which kicker has the record for the longest field goal in NFL history?
0: Matt Prater.
1: The Legion of Boom relates to which uh, former which, which team's defence? Uh,
0: Seattle Seahawks.
1: Uh, what number does tight end Travis Kelsey wear?
0: 87.
1: How many seasons has Drew Brees thrown for over 5,000 yards? Oh,
0: it's five or six. It's five was it?
1: i I'll go five. Who won the Super Bowl in 1999 with the offence nicknamed the greatest show on turf? Oh,
0: 99. Oh, dear. Um... Uh, New York
1: Giants? Which team, which team plays their home games at Arrowhead Stadium?
0: Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I don't, oh no, I, don't, I just got the answer to the last question now as well.
1: Who was the final pick of the first round of the 2018 draft?
0: Final pick of the first round? Uh, Leighton van der Esch.
1: How many career rushing yards does leader Emmett Smith have within 1,000?
0: Um six thousand and two hundred
1: <laughs> What name is given to the area between the twenty yard line and the end zone?
0: Uh red zone.
1: Which act performed the half time show at last year's Super Bowl?
0: Uh Justin Timberlake.
1: Okay, that's one, two, three, four, five. Oh six, my seven.
0: word! Did I just say six thousand something? You did, yes. <laughs> I definitely didn't mean six thousand. <laughs>
1: uh, let's, uh, let's. You didn't do too actually. Let's take a, let's take a quick look back through them. So, uh, record for the longest field goal in history is of course Matt Prater. Uh, Legion of Boom is of course Seattle Seahawks. Travis Kelsey does wear number eighty-seven. Uh, you got right, Drew Brees right. He Has five seasons of over five thousand uh, passing yards. Uh, the uh, Super Bowl in 1999 with the great show on turf is the St. Louis Lam- uh, Rams, read by uh, obviously Kurt Warner. Kansas yeah, City well Chiefs, done. of course, uh, ho- uh, ho- play their games at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, yeah. It was Lamar Jackson who was the final pick of the first round. Uh, of course he was. Of the 2018 draft. Uh, C- uh, Emmett Smith has 18,000. Yeah. I was well off <laughs> 355 yards uh final two questions obviously is the red zone between the 20 and the uh, end zone uh, line if you like and just Justin Timberlake did in fact uh, perform at the halftime show in last year's Super Bowl so I make that one two three four five six seven so joint joint top Ooh. of the leaderboard so yeah there we go
0: Oh, I wish yeah, I could really. have the Emmett one back. Cause <laughs> I was I was thinking sixteen thousand, and it came out six thousand. But like, even though I was still would still would have been out. So.
1: Just, yeah, that'd have been yeah, that'd have been agonising if uh, you you would have got that and uh, yeah just yeah. just been a bit out. But um, yeah, not to, not to I say so seven seven joins um, Kieran and uh, Tim at the top of the leaderboard. There were seven, but we uh, really appreciate you coming on. Obviously, uh, do on. you just want to give everyone a reminder of how they can uh, get in, get involved with uh, Cross the Fantasy Pond? Yes, uh,
0: the website is www.acrossthefantasypond.com and it's uh, every week there's so much going on there. We have a waiver wire, uh, trade targets which will soon change because the trade uh, deadline is past pretty much in most fantasy leagues uh, but we have injury reports we have a, a special DraftKings um, article going up every week as well so for those that play DraftKings it's well worth checking out mm-hmm. uh, start sits all the usual suspects every week on the, across to the fantasypond.com there's plenty of fantasy goodness to sink your teeth into
1: absolutely yeah T- totally uh, recommend that for, for uh, and obviously following Rob at FF Pritballer F- and obviously the uh, the fantasy pond there is at fantasy pond there for anyone else that had maybe not doesn't know uh, Across the Fantasy Pond but wants to get involved and see what it's all about I re- very much recommend you do it but Rob thanks for coming on buddy and uh, all the best and we'll speak soon
0: No problem thanks Tim
1: 7 out of 10 there from, for uh, Rob from Across the Fantasy Pond so all that's left to do to close this out on a high is Jason Garrett Corner but Lee before we obviously went into the quiz we had some breaking news what's the breaking news? Yes we're making
2: quite a bit of a habit of this aren't we on the full turn now with our breaking news so, breaking news tonight is that Le'Veon Bell is not signing his franchise tender and will uh, miss the rest of the season. There you go. Won't uh, play for the Pittsburgh Steelers ever again. Mm-hmm. And you're looking forward to the sort of months of drawn-out speculation oh. about his free agency signing and where he's going to end up. So, yeah, look forward to that one. Uh,
1: it's gonna be, it's gonna be a nightmare on NFL and oh, social media, isn't it? Oh my
2: god. god, it's gonna be a real long one.
1: <laughs> oh my god. It's going
2: to be <laughs> oh, my god. Yeah, That's my bet. Mm. What would you say?
1: Um. Where would he go? Uh, yeah, Jets, yeah. Yeah, Jets, Colts maybe?
2: Yeah,
1: perhaps. Um, I'd say
2: the Jets because they've got the cap room. They've been the big city, which will attract him. They've got a young quarterback. And they could quite easily get rid of one of, if not both, of Crowell or Bilal Powell. Yeah, Houston. Quite easy, I would say, so in, in lieu of signing him.
1: Mm. Houston?
2: Could do. Don't know if they've got the cap space, but yeah, possibly.
1: hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll wait and see, but say we've got months and months of that to look forward to. So let's uh, let's close it out. Then we're getting on a little bit on the podcast. So Jason Garrett corner didn't really have any. There wasn't really uh, too many clangers this weekend. Obviously, John Gruden the play call on the fourth and five there for for Oakland. Obviously, is a contender. And we spoke about that a little bit. That's that's an awful play call there uh, on fourth and five, playing a screen cut, a screen pass to, and only having one read on the play with the game on the line is um, is absurdly. Bad stuff from John Gruden there, but uh, I suppose I suppose I, I can. I'm going to dedicate this to to guys in the hot seat. Uh, Todd Bowles um, he's obviously the guy that, that springs to mind. Dirk Cutter is also. He's going to. I'd be surprised if he lasts the season. Um, and I, from what we said before the podcast, Lee John harbor doesn't seem to be um, going to be coming back next season. Yeah, rumors
2: are rife that he's sort of. Uh, agreed, if not you know, signed, it's sort of at least verbally agreed. They all sort of step down, step away from the Ravens at the end of the season. They're sort of looking for fresh blood at the head coach position. Mm. Uh, you know, it's never sort of uh, got back to the heights of winning the Super Bowl a few years ago, has he? Uh, in that tough division, it's been dominated by the Steelers, so I'm not really surprised, to be honest with you. Uh, and they'll be looking for fresh blood to bring in their sort of fresh offence, I guess, So which will be centred around Lamar Jackson. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Another name that springs to mind, hot seat, Mike McCarthy.
2: Yeah, perhaps. Obviously, they've been quite disappointing this season. Um, another one for me would be Steve Wilkes. I think he could be one and done in Arizona. Mm.
1: Yeah, 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 possibly. Yeah, possibly. Any, uh, any Jason Garrett for you?
2: Uh, well, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? But I
1: just, just feel like I'll
2: stick with him. He <laughs> didn't clap as much this week. Well, he
1: must have been, I don't know, it must have because you were winning. <laughs> he didn't, no, he wasn't clapping as much, As much, it was more grinning, he was still, um, did, you, did you see that impersonation I tweeted out?
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I, need, to, I need to do that one day.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, never mind. Um, yeah, so not, not really much to talk about, Jason Gatt Corner, so everyone kind of gets a reprieve, so I thought I'd, uh, I'd just maybe talk about some, some guys on the hot seat, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, not really anything else left to say to, on today's podcast.
2: No, yeah, no, yeah. we finished on high with the breaking news. Um, yes, yeah, uh, another good podcast in the mm.
1: bank. In the bank, sir. yeah. Um, yeah, we'll be back on Friday, of course, with all your week 11. Uh, week to, uh, week 11, uh, look ahead to Sunday games, obviously recap the Thursday night football between the uh, Packers and the Seahawks. Uh, and obviously some best bets as well. I don't think we did as well as we did the week before, but then that was always going to be hard. But yeah, we'll be back in a couple of days. So if there's nothing left to say, I suppose we can say our goodbyes. So, uh, yes, goodbye from Lee. Yeah, goodbye, everyone. Have a good week. Uh, finish off the week
2: strong, and we'll see
1: you on Friday. Yeah, uh, thank you all, again, all, all so much for listening. I uh, really appreciate any follows, any, uh, any shout outs. Uh, just do get in touch with us at full 10 yards. Yes, goodbye from me as well. So, in the great words of Kevin Cadle, it's bye bye for now. Bye bye.